0: Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Father, we thank you and praise you for this past week. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to plant, to water, to fertilize. And Lord, the invitation was given on various occasions. You know those who received Jesus as their Savior. So, Father, we pray that those who did, that their roots would go deep, and that we, as a body of believers, will come alongside them to encourage them and strengthen them. Whatever that looks like, Sunday school, junior high high school whatever it might be that we come alongside them to encourage them in these wicked days evil days where the enemy is trying to steal children so father just give us wisdom in ministering to these little ones and guarding them protecting them with the word of god as they learned this past week be strong in the lord and the power of his might put on the whole armor of god yes. what a blessing lord And Father, I pray for our hearts this morning as we open your word, we need that armor as adults. We need your word. Even as Jesus quoted the word of God, word perfect against Satan, we need to do the same. Meditate, memorize, and quote word perfect. Lord, I pray for the gift of teaching and that you will be glorified through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's start at verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is very important. We have the word from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, The Islam came out in the late 500s with a new revelation, further revelations of Jesus. No, we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, The Mormons came out in the mid-1800s with further revelations of Jesus Christ. No, there are no further revelations. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses, early, uh, late eighteen hundreds. Jesus, this is about Jesus, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have the whole counsel of God right here, from Genesis to Revelation, which God gave Him to show His servants things which must shortly take place, and He sent and signified it by His angel to His servant John, who bore witness to the Word of God. And guys, on a regular basis, um, some of you sent us notes this past week, Claudia as well as myself about the AI, the AI that's going on right now and that there was actually a sermon taught by AI over in Europe and the church was packed um, because people knew this was going to take place so they wanted to see what it was all about. If you were going to go and say, we're going to have a teaching out of the Word of God through the Gospel of John, verse by verse, it would not have been packed. But this is new. This is very AI is totally new. Um, there were comments made after the sermon he actually it did a sermon well you know his tone was the same his monotone throughout the whole thing how can AI project emotions this that and the other thing but this is real this is where we're going now they they want to create AI they want AI to create a Bible so this is why I say to you on a regular basis I really encourage you to have a paper Bible have a paper Bible that you can cling to that it's your best friend because it's it's already here it's going to come out. They've already tried the gender-neutral Bible, the gay Bible, the this Bible, the that Bible. Guys, have the word of God. This is what we need to turn to and always go back to. So John bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and to keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. If you're new or visiting, you can get the CDs. They're free. They're on the wall over there. Our text this morning, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So seven is seen throughout the scriptures. Matter of fact, if you do a quick search, it's used 461 times in the New King James Version of the Bible, being used 54 times here in the book of Revelation. Just the word seven, not 70th, just the word seven. Now certain men over the years have done a tremendous amount of research on biblical numerology or the study of numbers. For example, the number one is the number of God. The beginning, the source. The number two is the number four witnesses or testimony. The number three represents the Godhead, divine completeness, perfect testimony, so forth and so on. So the number seven represents completeness or fullness. Completeness or fullness. You see, in Revelation, we're going to see seven golden lampstands, seven stars, seven angels... A scroll with seven seals, seven trumpets, seven golden bowls, and many other sevens. So we will see various numbers referenced in Revelation besides the number seven. And here's our first reference specifically of the number seven. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. So John is writing to seven churches specifically. Specifically. Seven churches that were located in Asia or for us today, modern-day Turkey. Were there more churches than these seven? Absolutely. But these seven will give us a complete or full picture. Seven, remember seven? Seven represents completeness or fullness. So these seven churches will give us a complete or full picture of the universal church... In that day as well as today, these seven will show us what to do as well as what not to do within the church setting. And we're going to glean great insights from these seven churches. But there is only, just so we all know, there is only one church, big church. Oftentimes when you hear the word church, you think of building. No, you make up the church. People make up the church. Rock Point is part of the big church. Mountain View, part of the big church. Heart Cry, part of the big church. Amadeo, part of the big church. These various Christian churches in our community make up the big C, one church, but they have maybe a different denomination, a different flavor of music, a different presentation of the gospel, whatever that case may be. Nothing wrong with any of that. There is only one church. But here we I just named, what, five different churches, So there are many churches, but the Holy Spirit chose seven churches that we might glean insights from those churches. And yes, we need to be a part of a church family. Now you're here, so this doesn't apply to most of you, but as you cross the paths of unbelievers, I'm sorry, as believers, when you cross the path of believers that have separated themselves from the church, you need to remind them that church is essential church is essential the church is where the gifts should be specifically used this past week we saw natural talents and natural gifts expressed on this property expressed prior to with all the decorating we saw a lot of natural gifts but we also if if you took the time to step back if you were here and you took the time to step back you saw spiritual gifts in use And that is the body of Christ. No one person, no five people could have pulled off what happened last week with 130 kids. It took a group of Bible-believing Christians that loved Jesus to die to self and serve these little ones, the gospel. But we also saw those gifts taking place, and that's what the church is all about. You, as a Bible-believing Christian, have a spiritual gift. First question, did you even know that? Second question, do you know what your gift is? Third question, are you praying about how to use that gift? Next question, am I using it? You have a gift, not to be hoarded, not to be put on the shelf. And again, this isn't a gift like singing or making backdrops. That's talent, and it's a wonderful gift. But spiritual gifts, how are you using your spiritual gifts? And that's what makes up the body of Christ. Now, if a believer desires to ignore certain scriptures, then they'll do that. But the reality is we need one another, especially, especially in these last days. We're going to find out that we need each other more and more. And I'll touch on this at the end of the service. Now, over the centuries, there have been those who have taken these seven churches and related them to seven church ages. And it does work out really well. They've been able to look back and divide the church age into seven time frames, which might be interesting but it is not what these verses are talking about. Again, there are literally seven churches that did exist at the time of this writing, and Jesus, through John, is going to address each church individually. Again, I mentioned individual churches. If we as believers, as pastors, as leaders, are submitting to Christ, he's going to show us things about our church. Our church might do some things a little bit differently than that church, than that church, and that. That's okay. That's Okay. As long as it's not heretical, that, that's fine. God's going to use them. God's going to use us. Personally, I'm glad that he did it because it gives us specific information that to help us evaluate our current church life against. So as we get into the Revol- book of Revelation, we want to be looking, if this is your home church, you want to be looking at that and evaluating our church. This is not my church. This is Our church? Are we heading in the right direction as a church? And if the Holy Spirit inspires you to say something, you need to say it. I have an open door policy. You can come and talk to me. You can talk to any of our staff. Bring the Word of God. Let's talk. We want to be in the right place at the right time. We want to be on that narrow path because many churches are going woke, many churches are going social justice. I want you to know right now, that's not going to happen around here. We're not going woke. We're not going social justice. There's only one race. It's called the human race. But unfortunately, we're seeing division even in the body of Christ. If you were born a white male, you are a white supremacist. Don't try to defend yourself. That's the narrative now. You are a white supremacist just because you are white. Hmm. I thought we weren't supposed to be racist. And all the white supremacists are racist. But if you're not white, you're calling the white racist. Isn't that racist? Isn't that just kind of basic logic? Yes. No, there's one race, the human race, and you and I need to be aware that we need to evaluate our church. Where are we heading? So we don't go down the wrong road. Amen. And yes, we need to be a part of a church family. Did I ever say that? Where am I at? Personally, I'm down here. My notes. We can also use the Lord's endorsements and admonishments as well as rebukes to evaluate our own personal lives. This is so important as well. So as we study the churches, we're going to see these churches, but then we need to make it personal. How about your marriage? Even our interactions with those outside the church. You see, the word of God says, do good to all, especially those of the household of God. So how are you treating your coworkers? When we get to the, those churches, you're going to see. How are you treating your neighbors? How are you treating your family members? These churches will give us ample information on what to do and what not to do. You see, the church was still being established and at great cost. The first century church was under attack and martyrdom was very common. And you might think, well, that's not happening today. I encourage you to start reading the news. In India, Christians are under attack daily. Their houses are being pillaged, they're being chased out of villages, their churches are being burned. And some of them are being martyred for Christ because they will not deny that Jesus is the only way. This is reality. Is it coming to America? Christianity is under attack. I wouldn't encourage you to watch the videos. I just watched a little bit because it's too grotesque. But what they're doing on the streets in America with a cross with a man depicting to be being crucified and a drag queen dancing over the cross, sexually suggestive in a public intersection where there's children and teenagers and adults, and nobody's stopping it. Well, this is not disturbing the peace. This is art. What the L.A. Dodgers did is a direct attack against Christianity. If you don't think it is, I don't know what you're, what you're thinking. It was a direct attack against Christianity. Oh, we're not going to invite the drag queens because that's, that's offensive. And then some people got upset about it. Oh, 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 okay, okay, come on in, come on in, come on in. And you know what else we're going to do? We're going to honor you with a community award because you've done so many good things over the last 30 years. That's what the Dodgers did. Go baseball, right? Guys, this is reality. These are the days we're living in. A frontal attack on our faith. The church was still being established, again, at great cost. Is it going to cost us? It is going to cost us. Are you willing to take a stand? As we look at Revelation, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was and is, who is and who was and who is to come. Grace and peace, we've covered these two terms over the years extensively, but in case you're new to the fellowship, grace and peace were a common greeting in that day, and they typically in that order for a very specific reason. You see, without grace, which is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, you will not have the peace of God. Do you truly understand the grace of God? I had a gentleman come up to me and say, you know, I... We were taking a drive after church last week and uh, we came out to a main intersection and a car went by about 80 miles an hour, plowed through a bunch of stuff. The guy was drunk, crashed the car. He went over, tried to help. He was flooring it while he was stuck trying to get away. He ran out of, got out of the car and ran away. He said that was the grace of God. If we were left 10 seconds later or earlier, 10 seconds earlier, It would have been T-boned in our neighborhood at 80 miles per hour. So you understand the grace of God? It is the grace of God. Unmerited, unearned, unfavor, undeserved favor. Because grace is the process while peace is the product. How can I get peace? By digging deeper into grace. And how can I give peace to someone who is doing what they're doing at a public intersection? Guys, does God love those people? Yes. For God so loves the world. Eight billion people. God loves them. Does God like what they're doing? No. Should we like what they're doing? No. Do we need to take a stand? Yes. Because they need Jesus. Again, you cannot fully grasp the peace of God without understanding the grace of God. They don't understand the peace of God at all. Because they don't know the grace of God. So who's going to take it to them? You and I, we have the opportunity to do such. You see, once you receive the grace of God into your life, then you will start to understand the peace of God. And as the scriptures tell us, you will find that it's a peace that surpasses all human understanding. Ephesians 2.8. Now, normally we turn to our Bibles, but I have so many scriptures, we're putting them in slides. So if you're new or visiting, don't worry. We normally turn to our Bibles. For by grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. A little acronym there. God's riches do you realize how rich you are? Not monetarily, not physically, but guys, on our worst, you know, the worst day we could ever have, we're going to heaven. Amen. We're going to heaven. No matter how bad it gets, we are going to heaven. Amen. That's grace. You are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Faith there. Romans five one says... Therefore, being justified by faith, by that faith, that free gift, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, notice in our verses here where the grace and peace come from. They come from God the Father, His only begotten Son, and the Holy Spirit in verses 4 and 5. And I'm sure you notice that John referenced the seven spirits. Notice, grace to you and peace from Him, who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Seven. Now we know from the rest of the scriptures that there are not seven holy spirits, but only one. So it's possible that John is making reference to Isaiah 11, one through five, where I believe that the prophet is referencing the coming Messiah as he says in verse two, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And as you read that verse, there's a problem. There's only six and not seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. When we look at Paul's writings, we see the Holy Spirit is the one who dispenses the gifts of God, or what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are many aspects of those gifts. But the Holy Spirit uses all of those gifts in our lives to bring the complete, again, complete, or fullness of God into the church. So I personally look at this verse as what I mentioned earlier, that John is emphasizing the complete or full work of the Holy Spirit in the life of these seven churches, as we'll see in Revelation 3.1 when we get there. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. There's some self evaluation for a church, and we'll do that when we get to it. Revelation 4 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunders, voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So, are there seven spirits? No. Revelation five, six. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamp as though it had been slain lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are again the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. We're addressing seven churches. I mentioned earlier I rambled off several churches. Let's say I said five. So the five spirits of God. If I said 20, the 20 spirits of God. As we're going to break it down in Revelation, he's addressing seven churches, the Holy Spirit. In this room, there's roughly about 300 people. How many of you are believers? No show of hands, but let's say you all are. The Holy Spirit dwells within each single one of you as a believer. One Holy Spirit, but he's dwelling in 300 people. So don't get confused about the seven spirits it's just one spirit we'll go on and press on with it. Jesus said in John 16:13, "However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth." That's why I encourage you to read from Genesis to Revelation every single week and I'm not going to stop. The truth is being twisted, it's being changed, it's being diluted, and AI now is going to come out with an AI Bible. What's that going to look like? We'll find out. It's not going to take very long for it to happen. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So again, if you're new to the Bible-believing Christian faith, the Holy Spirit has the same attributes as God the Father and God the Son. He is omnipotent, which means all-powerful, omnipresent, being present everywhere at the same time, matter of fact he's within 300 of you if there's any unbelievers in our midst the holy spirit is around us you see in the greek it would be en the holy spirit's in us I n. the holy spirit is also around us para p-a-r-a drawing and then we can ask for the holy spirit to come upon us Epe, epi epi Omniscient, all knowing. You see, this shows us that the Holy Spirit brings the completeness or fullness of the Scriptures to the believer. So in these verses, we see the Father, then the Holy Spirit, and then John points to Jesus, which once again, as we've studied many times over the years, we see the triunity of the Godhead the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I encourage you to remember that word, triunity. Triunity. the the jehovah witnesses are going to knock on your door and they're going to say eventually well you know the word trinity is not in the bible so that doesn't exist don't get freaked out about it the word trinity is not in the bible you know what's not else else is not in the bible the word bible so i guess we shouldn't call this book a bible because the word bible is not in the bible jehovah the name jehovah is not in the bible And you go, well, it's in my Bible. No, yes, we put it in the English Bible, but it's not in the Hebrew. So you can't be a Jehovah Witness because we don't know if it's Jehovah. How can you be a witness? So don't freak out. Just go back to the Word of God. Stick with the Word of God, and God will work everything out. But be established. It's so important. Be established. See, there's no one else. Well, And who is the last in this list? Jesus. Interesting to note that as you search the scriptures, you will find that the list changes order. The three are one, yet there are three distinct entities of the Godhead. Try to explain it. Try to explain it and you'll drive yourself crazy. Try to explain it away and you'll be crazy. Because the trinity or triunity of the Godhead, it's literally seen throughout the scriptures. Throughout the scriptures. So here Jesus is referenced as what? The faithful witness. Notice in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Very important. Faithful witness. There is no one else who has ever lived or that will ever live that could have that title placed upon them. You see, Jesus was the faithful witness, which means genuine, dependable. Genuine, dependable. And it didn't matter who was involved with his life. He was faithful witness and constantly pointed Jews and Gentiles to his His heavenly Father. He did those things that his Father asked him to do and said those things that the Father instructed him to say. May we, you and I, in these days we're living, corrupt, vile, may we do the same thing. But oftentimes we find ourselves witnessing about ourselves. We can have tremendous conversations about ourselves, boasting about this or that, proclaiming our own faithfulness in this area or that area. What do we have today that's happened in the last 20 years predominantly that focuses on self? Phones. And when you go into social media, there's accounts. And in those accounts, which I don't do social media, you know, just I personally don't want to do it. Nothing wrong if you do it. But what do you typically see when you go into an account? You see something about all of them. Oh, this is what I ate for breakfast. Oh, this is what I ate for dinner. Oh, this is what I'm going to go next week. Oh, this is where I've been. Picture, 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 picture of what? Myself, 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 myself. Studies have shown that the average teenager, 13, 14, 15-year-old, will take hundreds of selfies per day to make sure they get that right selfie to place on their social media website because if they place the wrong selfie on their social media website it will go through the whole campus i was raised with a graduation class of 100 moved halfway through here my high school because my parents health as a junior in high school i went to cornona high school that had close to 800 graduates in 1978 So the school had, do the math, close to 3,000 students. Students are so concerned because if you send out the wrong picture, it could go through how many hundreds, if not thousands of people on your campus instantly. And you'll be mocked, ridiculed, put to shame. So we've got to keep taking, 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 looking, taking, looking, taking, looking. And then you want to get that perfect one. And this happens roughly about twenty times per year plus. Where you just, you know, you're you're just looking back and just just one more step. I think I can get all of the Grand Canyon in this picture if I did it just right. Twenty plus times per year. People die taking selfies. No, Jesus was a faithful witness. I have a friend that we've been friends for many, many years. I love talking to him. We have great conversations about the Word of God. And many years ago, he said this. So, enough talk about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? <laughs> And that's what I did. I bust every, and he's been saying it for years, and every time he says it, I just bust up laughing. That's why he says it every time. He knows. I know it's going to come sometime during our conversation. So let's talk about me. Let's talk about you. What do you really think about me? <laughs> I mean, what happens in an argument? What happens in a typical argument? With whoever that might be. Somebody's making a point. Are you listening? You're listening, but you're not hearing because you're already, most of the time, you're already formulating what you're going to say to justify yourself. Instead of just hearing what is said and saying, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. Man, that'll end things so quick. But no, we've got to justify ourselves many times. No, Jesus was the only one. We all fall short. There's only been really one faithful witness that ever lived, and John identifies who that is. It was Jesus. See, John uses the firstborn concept here, the firstborn from the dead. So the Mormons will come in and say, see, Jesus was firstborn. He was a spirit baby in eternity past, and so he was the firstborn. Okay, well, let's look at Colossians 1 here, 15 through 18. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things are created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, notice this, through him and for him. So when we talk about creation, Jesus, I believe, according to the Bible, spoke everything into being. And the Father, Jesus said, the Father has committed all judgment to me, but yet Jesus was submitted to the Father. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. You see, Jesus was the first one to raise himself from the dead, so that makes him the firstborn of the physical dead. That's all it means. And as we just read in Colossians, he's also ruler over all those who ever had the title or throne or dominion, attached to their name you see john is really expressing himself in praise here jesus king of kings and lord of lords and he is the one who loved us before we ever thought of loving him in john 13 34 we read this a new commandment i give to you that you love one another as i have loved you that you also love one another do you see something interesting about that verse the very beginning of that verse the very three words of that verse Did I give you enough clues? Was it a new command? No. No, in the Torah, we're taught to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Huh. Then what is it? Well, when you read it, that you love one another as I have loved you. How can I love somebody else? If you're having a hard time loving other people, you probably haven't learned yet how much God loves you. In your worst day, God loves you. God pours forth his grace, his mercy. God loves you. And when you figure that out, when you learn that, you learn that, you know what, I can love you because Jesus loves me. Now, that doesn't mean we condone sin, any of that nonsense. If I need to love you at a distance, I'm going to love you at a distance. But I can still love you because Jesus loves me. How about John 15, 11 through 13? The night before his crucifixion, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So how can I find joy? You know, I, it was tiring this past week. We had seven. So we had five grandchildren and two friends that call us grandpa and grandpa. And we'd, so we take them as our grandkids. They're not ours, but... So we had seven grandkids last week. It was crazy, but it was so much fun. And we had VBS at night. And they get swords and whistles and come home. And we're like, thank God we sent them home Thursday night. We're like, be here at 8.15. We're done. But we had joy. We had joy walking around. It, there was such, it was so much joy walking around here, seeing people love one another, serving each other, loving the kids setting up decorating serving there was a lot of love in this place why because of jesus not because oh we gotta do this we gotta do this for the neighborhood no we we just love jesus do you have that joy do you really understand what that joy is again this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now most of the time when we hear that verse, we think of someone who's going to die, physically die for somebody, and that is applicable. but you want to look bigger picture. Last week, just this past week, a lot of people died to themselves. They worked all day, they died to themselves and they came in here and served Now I know this. Not for all of you. So there's no guilt or condemnation. None of that nonsense. I'm using it as an example, okay? They died to themselves and they came out and served. It was an example. We have to die to ourselves, to our coworkers. I don't like my coworker. Well, you know, that's irrelevant. God loves your coworker. What are you going to do to show that love? Because you have that love. They don't have that love, they don't know what love is. They know phileo love. They know eros love. They know storge love. They don't know agape love. How are you going to show agape love? That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love. Guys, how can we express that love if we don't have have it first? And this is what's going to be in the book of Revelation. Yeah, it's doom. It's death. But the bigger picture is, does God still love all those people during a tribulation period? Absolutely. He loves every single one of them. And he wants them to come to know God, to know Jesus as their Savior. How about 1 John 4, 19? We love him. You guys probably have this memorized. Because he first loved us. And what can happen, unfortunately, as we leave that up there, we can just take that that love for granted. And, you know, we're going to learn in Revelation a love that grows cold. One of the churches, there's a love that grows cold. Where's your love for God? What does that look like? I can't tell you what that looks like. You have to look at your own life and say, you know what? I remember getting born again. I remember those first two or three years. I did this, 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 this. I read this, this, this. I went here, here, here. I listened to this. I did this. I did this. For the last 20 years, I show up on Sunday. I don't know. That's your, that's your evaluation. You have to do that yourself. Because that's the love of God. How are you expressing that love of God? He still loves you. His love didn't change. It's not based on what you do. His love is always consistent. It's always 100%. percent First John 4, 9 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son, I'm going to read it out of New Living Translation, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. So next time you get upset at a brother or sister in Christ, remember the grace that God is showing you and that he still loves you at that very moment, even though you have vile thoughts or I have vile thoughts about somebody. God still loves me. Even at that moment in time, God still loves me unconditionally should i take that thought captive to the obedience of christ absolutely second corinthians ten five. take that thought captive to the obedience of christ and let the love of christ flow through your life so as we can see the scriptures clearly show us that jesus loved us before we were ever born and that he expressed that ultimate love by going to the cross which was one of the most painful painful experiences of death ever invented Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. We'll wrap it up with this. But it was through the cross and only through the cross, that shedding of innocent blood to cover sins, that it is through the cross that Jesus expresses ultimate love for humanity. So as you're turning there, I'm going to read Revelation 1.5 again. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hebrews 13. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gates. In other words, outside of Jerusalem. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, for here we have no continuing city. These are wicked days. I I hate even mentioning it, but they're wicked days, because now, this past week, and this has been happening underground, underground, Underground for the last however many years, 30, 40, 50 years, but now it's come to the surface and it's going to be promoted. Pedophilia. Pedophilia. And they're labeling it as a minor attraction. Now, when you hear those two words, minor attraction, it might mean that I have a hobby and I have a minor attraction, you know, to cars or to golf or to this or that. You know, I have a minor attraction. That's what they're labeling it. And it's okay. This is America. Are they attacking Christianity? Yes. Are they throwing it you in your face? Yes. Yes. Are we taking another step, another step, another step, another step of perversion, perversion? Yes. Read your Bible. Righteous Lot was vexed. Always keep that in order. Righteous Lot? Okay. Righteous Lot was vexed. Are you getting vexed? In other words, he was overwhelmed with what was going on. But if he just would have voted Republican, he would have stopped God's wrath from coming down on Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? If he just would have voted Democrat. Or if he would have just gotten a a different agenda and got on board with everybody else, he would have then stopped the judgment. Right? No. Judgment is coming. God's word will not fall short. Keep looking up, knowing that this is just temporary. Do our best. I'm planning. I'm doing all those things. Do your best. But don't cling to it, guys. It's being torn apart. It's being torn away. But we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Look at that verse there. Because you might be coming from a different church. We try to have 25 to 30 minutes of unbroken music, you know, not a song and then announcements and then two songs and we're going to do this. We try to have half, you know, 25 minutes to a half hour of worship, praise, not so that people can come in late, but that you and I can prepare our hearts for the word of God. And that we, as one body of Christ, will lift up our voices. Notice what it says there. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. The world's going to get us down, guys. If you focus on the world, it's going to get you down. We've got to continually, as we see the day approaching, gather more on Wednesday night. Home fellowships, women's Bible studies, men's Bible studies. Invite people over to your house. Whatever it might take to be encouraged and strengthened in these evil days because it's only going to get worse. But as we offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, if we're giving him thanks, we'll have the peace that surpasses understanding even in the midst of chaos. I don't know if you saw it the other day as the music team comes up. Please pray for our president. And for all those who are in authority over us, please pray. At the end of his speech, he said, God save the queen. He's not even on the right continent. It's supposed to be God bless America. God save the queen. This is the man. Who could potentially say, We're gonna nuke Russia? Because they just nuked Ukraine. But worse than that, does he know Jesus? That's between God and Him. Is Jesus' Savior? That's ultimately between God and Him. But Jesus said you'll know a tree by its fruit. So please pray for our authorities. Because they're the ones that are impacting all of our lives, whether we like it or not. Vote. Register to vote. Do all those things. But be careful not finding yourself fighting against God. For God's judgment is coming upon this world. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. And Father, we're living in biblical days. And yet there's so many Christians that are upset about this. There are so many Christians, supposable Christians, that don't want to talk about it. I think there was a group called the Pharisees and Sadducees that were that way the first time your son came. But your son still came right on time. He came through that eastern gate on the very day, and they missed it. Father, you have a faithful remnant on this earth, and we want to remain part of that faithful remnant. We're looking up because this is fading away very quickly. And we're thankful that we have the rest of the story. We know who wins. So, Lord, just give us wisdom with our neighbors again, our coworkers, our family members, those who cross our paths this week. Give us wisdom. Give us much love for them. Help us to show grace that we might express the free gift of faith to them as they ask us, how can you have peace with what's going on? And the simple answer is because we have Jesus. I have Jesus. So I have peace. That we might plant, water, fertilize and Lord, if it's your will that we might pray with somebody to receive Jesus this week. Is that beyond you? Not at all. Help us to be available, Father. For your work.